and welcome to another unimpulsive episode of We <laughs> Only Look Thin. I am Katherine Weigel. I am one of your hosts. Yeah. I have lost about 135 pounds. Whoa. I am a tiny habit certified coach. I am very impulsive and I mm-hmm. impulsively married this man 25 years ago <laughs> and yes. his name is <laughs> Donald Weigel and I am also super impulsive. <laughs> you married me impulsively after after 3 years of yeah. courting plus 2 years of yeah, okay. yeah. So maybe not impulsive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um I have lost about 100 pounds and together we are we only look thin yes. because we only look thin. We are and uh we only look thin because of all of the policies we have put in place oh, yeah. about our health and fitness goals. I mean, that's not only, but in this instance, that's the that we're saying that's it. For the sake of argument for this episode. Yeah. Um, so uh, there was, uh, G. Catherine Donald, how did you come up with the name for this episode? Uh, I want to make two disclaimers. First, uh, <laughs> only murders in the building. Very funny show on Hulu. Check yeah. it out yeah, with uh, American and Canadian treasures, uh, Martin Short and Steve Martin. Steve Martin and not Demi Lovato. Uh, no, Demi Lovato. No, Selena Gomez. That's oh it. Oh my god. Okay, yeah, we need to do that again. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh, ha ha ha. Funny name for an episode. Um, I would like to make it clear for anyone who is a fan of Bob's Burgers, which is a delightful show. Yes. It's a cartoon. Uh, they recently put up uh, a, a cartoon on their page that said only burgers in the building. And I should have had it trademarked because yeah. I am confident that I came up with only burgers in the building way before they did. Yeah. She, she named this episode before. Before seeing that. And I just want to make it very clear. So if you are. anybody. I'm imagining the Venn diagram of the overlap of people who saw (laughs) the Bob's Burgers, only burgers in the building, and people who listen to our show and the overlap. If you're one of those people. Yeah. And there's also, I know we did uh, own personal pizza recently. Yeah. There was also a meme with that. And I want to make it very clear that (laughs) I came up with that independently. No, like, you know how like the Wright brothers, like, was it the Wright brothers or was it not the Wright? brothers like was it lumiere or was yeah it i know and there's like somebody else who invented the telephone at the same time as graham bell or something like yeah, so uh, on the uh, other side of the world both I don't can know. be true but uh anyway i'm i'm really worried about people knowing how authentically funny i am without stealing jokes from other people yeah for sure no um, uh, no joke plagiarism yeah we're all uh we're all very concerned about that <laughs> Here, it, like, here we only look thin. This is our number one concern. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Uh, but uh, digress, digress. Um, before we get started on this episode, and you're thinking you haven't gotten started on this episode. Yeah. G Whiskers. You have not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> because G Whiskers is something that people say. I don't know. Uh, it's it's Halloween time. It's it is a season for sure. Maybe there's some crispy leaves beneath your feet. Yeah. But maybe also there is some candy uh, that you're unwrapping presently. Perhaps you are at the store and you're like, I better buy a whole bunch of this candy for the children. For the children. For the children who come around. Because if they come around to trick-or-treat and I don't have it, they will be so disappointed. They will walk up to my door and they will say, gee, whiskers, lady. <laughs> gee, whiskers. I, how come you have no candy? Now I'm going to go cry. I, I thought they were going to egg our house. So yeah, I'm glad well, that they're that just too. crying because that's better. Yeah. But we have talked about this before. Um, I, and I'll be honest, I bought some of those pumpkin-shaped mallow creams 
Uh, really? In September. This is shocking it's information in the to me. You can go look at that. <laughs> but luckily, I can only eat like one or two before my teeth just start falling out. I feel like I don't know you anymore because I thought you distinctly did not like the mallow cream thing. I- like the marshmallow base. Oh, it's not. Treat. It's more. It's it's more like a candy corn, but shaped like a pumpkin. Oh, all right. Which is sort of like yeah, I'll have one or two to keep I my mouth. Mallow cream was the was the like marshmallow, marshmallow covered no. in chocolate, like a Reese's peanut butter cup, but it's marshmallow. Yeah, no, chocolate. I don't like that. That's gross. Yeah. That's that's gross. But anyway, in September I bought them, and uh, if you are, this is the point of the story, and then we'll finish up this episode. <laughs> the point is, again, inspiration. If you are eating candy right now shaped like a pumpkin as i might be doing or a witch or a ghoul yeah. or you know a peep shaped like a ghost it is not halloween candy until october 31st yeah if you eat that candy before it's just monday candy tuesday Wednesday, etc. Just keep naming all the days of the week. Yeah. And, you know, I spent most of my life making excuses to myself, lying to myself, saying like, well, it's Halloween. When else can I eat this candy? And then I would just <laughs> eat it all year anyway. But I would I would make an excuse. Well, they only have pumpkin shaped one this time of year. So I've got to indulge in it right now. And really, I just was trying to give myself permission to eat a lot of candy. Oh, I need to have it for the season. So if you're eating candy today, that's fine. Candy is a good thing. Hey, you can work it into your plan. You can you can do it. But don't call it. Don't lie to yourself. about it. Don't do that. One day of the year, it's Halloween candy. Like if you say it's like. Oh, well, it's the it's my birthday quarter. Like, oh, well, technically my birthday quarter goes, you know, from July through September 30th. So, right, exactly. Like, that's fine. No, it's just it's just candy today. We've belabored the point. And now we will get back to burgers in the building. Only is, burgers in the only building. Only burgers yes. in the building. Okay, so speaking of only burgers in the building, uh, I meant to say murders, <laughs> but I'll just keep with the burgers. Yeah. In uh, season one of Only Murders in the Building, there was yeah. a murder. It was fun, fun, fun murder. It wasn't a fun murder, but anyway, it was very good. And then in the second season, they're like, oh, we should solve more murders, like all over New York. Right. And one of the characters said, no, we're only doing murders in the building, as though lots of people get murdered in the building that you're living in. Right. But it occurred to me that that is a great policy that they made. It contains it to a specific location. And as I boasted at the beginning of the episode about making policies being a big way that Donald and I have maintained our weight loss, is that it takes away decision fatigue. When you make policies about the kinds of things that suit your lifestyle best, the easier it is to make choices. So what I used to do was rely on willpower for weight loss goals. Like, okay, I'm just, I'm not going to have, you know, any candy for two months. I'm not going to have any pizza. I'm not going to have any, like, and I would just white knuckle it. Right. And someone would bring in a treat or make cookies or do something. And then I would cave. And I would just think if only I had enough willpower, then I could lose weight. Yeah. It's this, this whole circle of failure issue where you, you know, you tough it out and you like, you know, you grind your teeth and you, 
you know, you exert the maximum amount of will that you have, and people can only do that for so long. And then something crosses your path, and suddenly you feel like a failure because you decided, like, well, this thing I promised myself I wasn't going to eat, then I eat it. Yeah, and a promise isn't a plan. Just trying to grit your teeth and not do something isn't enough. And when we when we also say to ourselves, I really should be able to figure this out, like, I actually had uh, dinner with someone yesterday. Yeah. And they were talking about how their coworker asked them to put their cookies away. Like the my friend said that her coworker wanted uh, my friend to put her cookies off off of the counter and hide them. Yeah. She's like, because when they're on the counter, I just want to eat them. And my friend said, well, she just shouldn't eat them. Right. Like, because there are those people who just like, you know, they just say, well, just don't do it. Just don't eat it. Like, what's the big deal? Like, those people don't understand what you and I. Yeah. uh, And when I'm saying you and I, I'm talking about the listener, also my wife. Yeah. Like, (laughs) go through on a regular daily basis. Well, and we went out with our daughter today. Oh, yeah. And we passed a Froyo place. Unbelievable. We, we, we had, we had uh, lunch with a friend and, we were walking back home and past a Froyo place and you tell the rest of it. <laughs> and, and I said, oh, hey, sweetie, you wanted Froyo recently. And she looked at me and said, but I just ate. Yeah. I don't need ice cream or Froyo. And I was like. Yeah, that has never stopped me one time in my life. Like being yeah, like, well, like, I just ate dinner. Like I'm not going to eat more. Like, yeah, that's not the reason I've I've passed and, on anything ever. And our daughter was born that way. I didn't teach her that lesson. So no. that was, that's just innate. But for those people who who just like, eh, no, I'm not hungry. That does not factor into it. And we get people who who will ask us, you know, how do I go from wanting all the food to just not being interested in it. Like, yeah. give me the step-by-step plan to just not being interested in food. Well, and recently in Walt, a couple of people were like, how can I go to parties and not stand by the buffet? How can I just become food neutral and not think about it all the time? We are here to say, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I know no how idea. you don't like, want all the food. Like, food might quite literally be the most important thing to me on planet Earth. I'm sorry, family. <laughs> I'm sorry, friends. But I obsess about it on a constant basis. Well, you know what? I had in my wedding ring, I had a little quote put in mine with our wedding date. Yeah. But you refuse to take your wedding ring off. Like, I don't know if in 25 years you've taken your ring off. So I don't know if it doesn't say food is my favorite. In yeah. There. No, it's got a recipe for cheese dip. <laughs> Written in Elvish or Written something like inside. that. Written inside, yeah. When so, you burn it. Yeah, it, only, <laughs> when it, only when it gets hot does, like the, in, does in the recipe appear. That's right. <laughs> Wait, but how are you going to make the queso you, if it's already dip in the dip? It in case, yeah, I don't know. It's I didn't think it through before I had the magic done. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, your hot, cheesy finger. <laughs> Let's get back to the point of the story. Um, so... We have this idea that we just magically won't want food someday. And for us, even after losing all of this weight, that's never happened. So if you want someone to, like, you know, hypnotize you and tell you how to not want food anymore, this is not the podcast for you. But what what is the podcast for you is this is our podcast for you. It's good. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you're already listening to the podcast for you. It. Is 
having policies in place, not rules, not restrictions, not whatever, but general policies in place to help set you up for success actually matters in making it easier to be around food. And, and you know, these aren't going to be one size fits all policies. Like things that, that work for me are not necessarily going to work for you. But the idea is that you know yourself and you know what your trigger foods are. You know, you know, what the things are that are going to set you off. And you can make policies to adjust for that. I was just imagining us just doing one episode that it's just like, well, just don't. Well, yeah. just don't. Like, what the heck? Yeah. Like, you know how great it is when people are just like, well, why? Like, well, well, yeah, just, just don't, just do, don't it. do it. I mean, I don't understand. Like, why would you eat that when you know you shouldn't? I don't understand. It's like, it's that easy. Exactly. So, uh, Donald, will you give us a few of the benefits around making policies? Well, when you have a policy, you don't have to make spur-of-the-moment decisions in the moment. That's what spur-of-the-moment <laughs> means. Um, you, It eliminates that sort of decision fatigue. And, you know, you, you might go through the day and you might be like, well, okay, should I have this treat or that treat? Oh, well, somebody's offering me this thing now. Well, I don't want to hurt this person's feeling. But if you already have a policy in place around it, then then you can pre-decide and not have to worry about whether you're going to indulge in whatever that is or not at the moment. And another a uh, good reason to do it is that it allows you to plan ahead for the things that you really love. And rather than, you know, sort of spur the moment, you know, um, willy nilly, just, you know, not knowing when or where you're going to have certain things, you can be in control of it and you can plan for it. And, you know, in a lot of ways, it gives me something to look forward to. If I set a date, if I'm like, well, okay, on Super Bowl Sunday, then we're going to go to this place and have this thing then I know I have something to look forward to. Exactly. And then another one is that it, it allows you to make nothing off limits. There can be times when you say like, well, I'm not going to have a certain thing, you know, Monday through Friday, or I'm not going to have a certain thing, you know, this month, but on this date, then I'm going to have it. And it really like, when you know that, for me at least, when I know nothing is truly off limits, it doesn't make it quite so forbidden and alluring. Like, you know, if I say to myself that I'm like, you cannot have soda under any circumstance, then guess what I want? <laughs> and guess what is the only thing I'm going to think about until eventually I have it? And then I feel like a failure because exactly. I couldn't stay away from it. Exactly. So it also, I mean, as part of that reducing decision fatigue, it takes away that white knuckle willpower situation that you feel like you need like yeah. well, if only i was if i had better moral courage or strength right. then i just wouldn't want it so much if i was just a stronger person i could do this right so you don't need willpower if you have a plan or a policy it also the more you identify as someone who can figure out how to work things out, who can decide like, oh, this is how I can make this work. It it builds that identity of being proactive, growth mindset, and in control of your choices. Yeah. I still see people say like, oh my gosh, I have no idea how I'm going to deal with this. Like, oh my gosh, I got a surprise, you know, box of chocolates. What am I going to do? Yeah. Like, oh, I got a surprise, you know, catered lunch at work. Um, you know, things happen all the time. And when I used to hide, I would be like, okay, I'm not going to go visit friends on the weekend because I don't know what the food is going to be. And uh, like, yeah. And 
it would paralyze me. And that's not living, it's hiding. So um, once you wire it into your identity, and it takes time. It's not like overnight suddenly I was like, oh, well, I don't need any willpower anymore. But it it's just, it's a guideline to help you work in your own best interest. And it's not bulletproof. It's not like, well, well, Catherine and Donald told me to make a policy and now I don't care about food anymore. That's yeah. not it because we're adults and we can still, you know, uh, you know, go against our best interests. But the more we work on the policies and the more we follow through with them, the easier it becomes, the better we feel about ourselves, the more in control we are. And then it, it doesn't feel like a punishment. And, you know, I know some people say that, you know, oh, you're on a restrictive plan or, you know, it's like this punishment and this penalty. And these aren't the policies aren't rules like it's not in stone for the rest of your life. Well, and the point is that it's not a punishment or a penalty. These are guidelines. These are guideposts to help you navigate through your life and help you navigate through food because, you know, living as a monk just is not practical because like, you know, it it's not that it's necessarily, you know, those are your only two choices, but, you know, you have to live your life. You have to go to work. You have to see other people like typically. And these surprises, these, you know, these food choices, these treats, you know, are going to come up and it's not always possible to control all of it around you. Right. So it's not about restriction. It's about flexing that muscle of restraint because sure i would like to stay up and watch you know and binge watch a show for 24 hours but that's not in my best interest right when i say i don't drink at work it's not restrictive right it's like that's just a good idea right so i guess policies are more like just a good idea about how <laughs> to manage your life and what it's not is like I said, it's not a punishment. It's not a guarantee of perfection. It and it's not fic like a fixed point forever. There are certain seasons when some things are more difficult to manage, and then you'll find that later. Like before, I would drink every evening. Like I said before, I started my journey venture. Yeah, and then I stopped that. But then I added more sugar, and so the alcohol wasn't the problem. But then the sugar became an issue. So it might change over time. It's not like a policy that you put in place is like, well, now I can never do that ever again. It's just about working in your own interest to set yourself up for success. So, dear, yeah. what kinds... That is my name. <laughs> <laughs> what kinds of policies are out there? Like, what, what might be the categories of policy that you would create for yourself? I am so glad you asked that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm here. What a kuwinky dick. Yeah. Uh, so you could have policies about the time of day that you enjoy something, this, the particular days of the week that you enjoy something. Oh, yeah. The portion, size, quantity, packaging that you enjoy, whether you eat something only in a group or only by yourself. Yeah. Like one of those like Dove chocolate commercials where like the mom puts the kids to bed. That's right. And enjoys a single square. Which, yeah. But that's, you know, she's savoring it. So that's she's her not policy. passing it by. Yeah, that's her you policy. don't need to make fun of her um, for it. <laughs> I'm not. 
but the frequency, how many you have uh, a day, a month, a year, whatever. So, and the last one that I came up with was the place, the location. Is it a work policy, home, in your car, at a restaurant, at a drive-thru, on vacation, in a movie theater, at your kid's school, at a relative's house? Yeah. Having policies for different places matters because what might not be an issue at home may be an issue at work. There are, we, I think we did uh, an episode about, you know, like, oh, if only I worked at home, then it, this wouldn't be a problem for me. And then the people at home are going, if only I was in an office, right. then I wouldn't, if only I didn't have a child, then I could. And like, I had a weight issue long before we became parents. So it's not about that, but it is about really recognizing where certain things are issues for you. So I came up with a list. Thank you for asking. Oh, I came up with a list of questions to ask yourself about making policies because at this point you're like i thought that policy was for auto insurance what are you talking about Um, (laughs) wow i don't know like yes you went to the auto insurance policy yes exactly those are the only other policies policies are the best policy though that's true yeah so so here uh uh, your listener okay what's your problem that's the question (laughs) (laughs) no but like What kinds of food, what categories of food are hard for you to moderate or control yourselves around? Or is it, you know, uh, pumpkin spice latte season is hard for you to moderate? Is it, you know, alcohol? What caloric product is difficult for you? So that's question number one. The second question is, what behaviors do you exhibit with this this product like okay well it's at the point now where i'm having a pumpkin spice latte every day to get my fill and then i also have a pumpkin spice whatever and then a pumpkin thing yeah. on top whatever it, it sounds wonderful how, but, but how, <laughs> probably not the how best is this idea problem presenting itself and it's about learning what prompts negative behavior i know i've talked about it before if i start eating like carbs and donuts and cereal in the morning i tend to go over my calories at the end of the day even now like it just doesn't set me up for success yeah so we're going to talk about some policies that that we each individually have but that is also one of mine like i a lot of those traditional breakfast foods i cannot have in the morning because i know that they start me off like wanting more and more sugar and craving so like you know things like cereal and and waffles and pancakes and muffins and bagels like all those things that so many people have in the morning, like I have a policy that I don't eat any of those things that it's all protein in the morning. Right. So it's it's thinking about what is in your best interest. Because sure, we can have things whenever we want. We're grownups. Well, the day I figured out I could eat ice cream for dinner, that that that, that was the first time I was an adult. The second time right. I was an adult was when I found out uh, how much ice cream I was eating and how much I weighed. That was the, <laughs> yeah, second, exactly. the second time I grew up. So for starters for you, think of something or a category of food that you're having trouble moderating right now, sugar or carbs or chips, whatever your issue is, just just pick one in particular. And then think about how you could work it into your plan, thinking about the time of day, the days of the week, the portion control you could put on it, 
who you're eating it with by yourself or with others, how often and the place that it's an issue. So really think about like engineering it to go, how could I make this work? Like this is an experiment. It's not, well, Catherine Donald told me to make a policy and now I'm going to sue him because it didn't work. Like <laughs> it's about like, oh, I realized I was eating 400 calories of mini candy while I passed the receptionist desk at work every day. Maybe a policy around not doing that or only having one at the end of the day would make sense instead of going every single time. So Donald and I are going to go through policies that we have in place right now just to give you some ideas of how we work them into our lives. And this is this is a, a, a compilation of things that we've done over the years with lots of, uh, of thinking about our actions and building them up over time. You will also find that Donald's policies and my policies are very different, and they should be because we're not all in the same situation. So for example, to piggyback on what we were talking about earlier, I have a policy that I don't eat any treats before dinner. Like treats are an after dinner thing. So that that goes back to time of day and that goes back to frequency because I know if I start eating treats early in the day, I find it very hard to stop. I also have policy about uh, not having any unplanned treats. Like if if there are surprises, like for example, where I work, oftentimes people will bring in surprise treats or even, you know, like a director or a producer or something will will order, you know, some sort of you know treat heavy food truck to show up and you know it's free is, you know, in air quotes that I could just have. I also don't eat off the catering at work or the free lunches, except under, you know, very specific circumstances. Um, I don't eat the snacks from the work kitchen. I bring my food to work. Um, if I work past my bedtime and I go over my calories, I only eat real food. Like I don't, I don't, you know, allow myself to, I have a policy where I won't have desserts that late at night because as soon as I have one dessert, then I'm going back over and over again. And then just in general, I don't, you know, I like to keep various kinds of chips in my life because I really enjoy them, but I won't buy like a family size bag of them. I won't buy a big bag. that's only very small individual size bags or same thing with candy bars, very like the fun size candy bars. Like I don't bring a full size in because I know myself. I know if I have a full size bar, that's the portion size. But if I have a fun size bar, then that's the portion size. And I can work that into my daily calories and make it part of my plan. Great stuff, Donald Weigel. You're you're winning at weight loss. Why, thank you. So here are some of mine. And again, these are the ones that I aspire to do. There are times when I don't follow the the policy. And guess what? It usually doesn't go well for me when I go off my track. But these are the policies that I know work in my best interest. So sticking to having alcohol on weekends, usually after like 5 p.m., not just like, oh, it's 10 a.m., let's get going. Yeah. Like alcohol on the weekends, not on weekdays. Um, only having sweets and treats after dinner. I've, and because it is this spooky season of Halloween, uh, <laughs> call right. myself a sugar vampire. If I can hold off on having any sweet treats until after sunset, I do better. And I'm not talking about like, oh, well, you just had an apple. There's sweets in that. Like, no, I don't have an apple problem. Nobody does. Right. Uh, but having uh, treats after dinner, um, closing the kitchen at eight o'clock. And it's not a magical force field. It's just sort of if I'm going back in at eight o'clock, I'm not going for carrot sticks. It's usually some snacky treat. It's not about intermittent fasting or whatever. It's just like, okay, you're done. You're not hungry anymore. Um 
for me, I also have, I only get the smallest size of a full sugar beverage or a full oh, whatever. Yeah. So I only get a tall peppermint mocha. I don't actually like pumpkin spice lattes, um, but I have a policy. I only get the tall. That's it. And or if I get a Coca-Cola, say at the movies, I'll get the small Coca-Cola. So it's there's no like, oh, do I deserve it? Am I a good person or a bad? It just I get a small. That's what I do. Give me a small. Also, I have a policy, and this is with our daughter too, about if we get a sugary drink at Starbucks, then we don't also get a sweet treat. So it's, hey, let's right. go to Starbucks. You can get a bottle of water and a pumpkin muffin, or you can get a sweet drink and that's it. And it's it just takes that decision fatigue away because it's it's still going to be there tomorrow. Well, it's and fine. there's you know, it takes away all that negotiating with yourself too about like, well, I could have it now if I don't do something later and then you find yourself doing both anyway. Exactly. We also had a policy about only going to a donut shop or Starbucks on Fridays. Like I we don't need to go every single day to get some sweet treat. Right. Yes, I have coffee every day, but a sweet treat might be a once a week thing. Um, another is again like donald said only single serving packages of treats and there are some that require even now that i cannot buy multiple packages of single serving for me protein bars which are basically candy bars uh in ghosts clothing um are still (laughs) like are i'll just eat multiples of them like i'll just do it so i have a policy of one protein granola bar in the house at a time like that's it that that i because i know that if i have more i'm gonna want to have more uh we're almost done uh let's see no eating off of our daughter's plate which is a big one of like oh i don't want to waste the food like oh like oh she she like ate all of the cheese and sauce off of the pizza and left the ends like gee don't want that to go to waste which i used to just eat uh, behind cupboard doors um so my policy is don't don't do that don't eat that anymore um and then also recently because we are fans of disneyland i have made a policy about only one sweet treat at Disneyland, not a specific like, well, I said I'd only have one churro, but I didn't say I wouldn't have seven Mickey ice cream bars. Right. So my policy is one sweet treat at Disneyland per day. And I actually did that the last time we went to Disneyland, um, ended up having some ice cream and it was delicious, but I also got the kids size. That's another one of just, I get the single scoop. I don't need 50 scoops of ice cream. One is fine. So those are the ones that I have in place. And there are probably more, but we all have busy lives and places to go. Well, we did an episode uh, a, a while ago called pairing is caring about sort of the you know what i consider the og policy which was you know you i don't remember where you got it from but you came up with a policy of that you would only have a bagel when you got a haircut right because you only have you know you only get haircuts every few months and so it was a way for you to to limit the amount of bagels or, you know, and take away that like, well, maybe I should have a bagel today, like, you know, decision. that you Yeah, exactly. Making. Yeah, I got that from uh, Gretchen Rubin, friend of the show. Uh, but having having the policy of I only have Coca-Cola when we're out at lunch, which isn't often. I had a Coca-Cola today. Didn't finish it. There, yeah. I said it. Yeah, I was impressed. Only having a bagel outside of the house one you know, by myself, not, oh, I'm getting six for, you know, just in case the family wants one. It just takes away that decision fatigue. Like Donald said, it sets 
me up for success, knowing that one is in my future, that it is still available to me. But I know what happens when I intuitively and I'm I'm not dissing intuitive eating because I feel like it is a a PhD in, you know, mental acuity that I just don't have. But that like, if I bring home six, I'll probably eat six. And it is in my best interest to set myself up for success by deciding in advance what my policies are. If I go to a party, I don't stand near the buffet. I, if I go to a party, I don't bring the nine layer dip. I bring watermelon. I went out for dinner or I went over to a friend's house for dinner last night and I brought, she said, do not bring anything. And so I did not obey. No, no, no. But I brought, <laughs> I stopped at Rite Aid and I brought a package of Twizzlers because I know she loves them. And I, dude, they're not food. Yeah. They're, they're just red things that cost $3. I really enjoy them personally, but. But like I, my policy is bring a treat that I don't want. And so right. it makes it much easier. So think about what you might have trouble with right now. You don't have to be like, all right, well, Catherine, Donald, I need to take two weeks off of work or like unpaid leave to like come up with a, a spreadsheet of all the foods I eat and where I'm going to eat them and when. Start with one thing that you have trouble with. Try out the policy. If you're drinking every night a week, maybe make it like Monday you don't. Just start small, start gradual. And this can be trial and error too. Yeah. And you also don't have to end up, you know, this doesn't have to be your forever policy either. You know, you try something, if it doesn't work, then you you try a different policy or you modify it. Yeah. And taking that agency and knowing what works for you really matters. I have a policy about only getting Happy Meals when I go to McDonald's. But a member of Walt said she doesn't want a Happy Meal. She just wants the burger. So she gets the full burger and not the fries. So figure out what's right for you. Because what Donald does to keep himself uh, on track isn't what I do. And each of us has the opportunity to really design our lives to set ourselves up for success. It's not about willpower. It's not about magically waking up one day, just not being interested in food. We have to assume that this is a chronic condition that we're managing. And the more bumpers we put in place to keep ourselves on track, the easier it is to do what is in our best interest. So if you had a gambling problem, you wouldn't ask to meet your friends for lunch every day at the casino because they have really good celery sticks. Like that is just right. setting yourself up. Like, First of oh, all, I there's no such thing as really good celery no, sticks. No, that's not a thing. Uh, but don't walk into the lion's den. Just set yourself up for success by avoiding that decision fatigue, that, that, you know, mental strain that you're going to use by trying to will yourself not to make the wrong decision. Or like, well, maybe I can moderate this time. Uh, typically, I can't. So take away that need for willpower. Take away the decision fatigue. Look at what is an issue and come up with the where, when, who, you know, all that stuff that they do, uh, just figure it out and test it out and see if it helps you. And then once you've established that or figured out a way to keep it in, 
try something else. Look at something else that you've got an issue with and see how you can work it in because it feels so much better to be able to be fluid with your policies and include food in your life than to white knuckle it and hide from people in your house until you're this magical thin person who you, you know, magically believe is going to be able to moderate and avoid and just not love food. Because let's be honest, food is delicious. There, I said it. It certainly is. (laughs) And you know what else is delicious? No, uh, that didn't really work. Our listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Our listeners are delicious. That didn't work. Just cut that that out. Uh, Yeah, no, that's staying in. Um, Thank you so much for setting yourselves up for success by having a policy of listening to this podcast. Seriously, Um, We are grateful for each and every one of you, and uh, you can find all of our episodes wherever you found this one. So take away the decision fatigue and have a policy of subscribing and just let it automatically download whatever device you're on. Uh, Go ahead and do that. Um, Or you can also find our episodes at any time on our website at weonlylookthin.com. Yep. And if you are at weonlylookthin.com, you can click on that link for join our support group to find out more about Wolt Place. We Only Look Thin Place is a Facebook-based accountability group for women. It is a private place for check-ins, accountability, newsletters, Zooms, and fellowship with other women who are on their health journeys too. We have people who are just starting out with lots to lose and others who are maintaining. And I can tell you that our maintainers work hard to maintain their weight loss. Oh yeah. So we can all learn so much from one another, no matter what stage of weight loss you're in, that we are not a weight loss plan, but we are a place for support and fellowship. We have two subscription options, a three month subscription with a seven day complimentary trial and a one month subscription with a three day complimentary trial to see if Wool Place is right for you. And if you'd like to interact with us in other ways, you can find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at We Only Look Thin. And you could also reach out to us via email. We only look thin at gmail.com. You can send us episode suggestions. You can send us compliments. You can even just say hello. We like all of it. We only look thin at gmail.com. Yep. And if you have a couple of extra minutes and can head over to Apple Podcast and leave us a rating and a review, not only does it help burn calories. I'm just making up things now. That it does. Um, <laughs> How many calories? We guarantee. You know, the more stars you leave, the more calories your review will burn. Too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, when you're doing, yeah. yeah it's, no, it's, it's science. science. It's yeah. Donald science. will put it in the notes. Yeah. Or yeah. I'll link to Someday, a study. I'll link today, to a but, study. Yeah. Um, quick, make a study. Uh, <laughs> but it also helps the algorithms on the interweb uh, help other people find our podcast. Yes, indeed. And another way to help people find our podcast is just to tell people about it. Word of mouth is one of the best ways to help our show grow. And if you know somebody who might like our show, we would really appreciate if you would tell them about us. Indeed. So if you're sitting around saying to yourself, gee whiskers, I don't know who to turn to for my health and fitness advice. Just remember that Catherine and I are an An inspiration. Why did I say gee whiskers? The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. 
The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program. You know it. Right on. Yeah.